0: To another week of Raging Nerds, where we'll rage all over your eardrums. This is Thirsty, and I am joined by my amazing co-host.
1: It's me, John. I'm back again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Producer.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, with Dogfin Studios.
0: Yes, yes. He is the producer. I will gladly give him that title. Um, but yeah, we are back. Like, we are staying on course, not skipping a week, which is really hard with our lives. It's crazy. Everyone's getting sick. My boss got sick. My coworkers got sick. I mean, everyone in my family's getting sick, and of course, they're blaming me, but I'm not sick, guys, so...
1: <laughs> You're just the carrier.
0: I must be. I don't know. I don't know. But how's, how's everything going with you, man?
1: Oh, um, good, good, good. Just working all the time. Just got done, because my job decided to... Yeah, I have a day job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? No way! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah. The the program they had me running all around to customers' houses. Today was the last day, and then the GPS on the company phone they gave me decided to shoot me over. Had to go full shirt, mm-hmm. and then decided, oh hey, to the next job, go north to I ten, huh? <laughs>
0: No, I hate that. I okay, so I hate working for a company where they do these weird territories and they tell you, "Oh, by the way, we're gonna add, add a store onto your route." Okay, man, that's totally cool. Um, right. So it's like forty-five minutes away from your most northernest store, but I mean, as long you're you're getting paid for the drive time, so it's okay. It's okay. Okay.
1: Oh, oh yeah, no. I, just, I, I love it when they're when they're like. Well, here, I got to go there, which, you know where Igloo Factory is? No. Way out in West Houston? It's way the hell out past Katie Mills Mall.
0: No, I've never been there.
1: Neither have I. I've seen it. (laughs) But apparently where it shot me out on Mm I-10 was two exits past it
0: geez that's crazy
1: oh yeah and they're paying me 45 cents a mile so i really don't care and i'm gonna claim all that on my income tax this year when it comes out when they give me 52 cents a mile for deductions exactly
0: (laughs) i'm like i get paid drive time i get paid mileage this is okay guys (laughs) and
1: and then i get to use the government's rules against them
0: <laughs> right? I'm like, you're making it too easy, for us. Uh But yeah, this week we're going to cover Comic Palooza and Classic Game Fest for a little bit. These are two conventions that are coming up real, real, real soon. Comic Palooza is coming up in May, which is, we're only a couple days away from May.
1: Yeah. It's going to be Memorial Day weekend.
0: Yes. Oh,
1: I cannot wait for that.
0: People thought it was going to be a four day thing, but, you know, it is a three day event, but still, three days is better than no days.
1: Exactly. It's gonna be a fun three days. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> last last time I went to Comic Palooza, I stayed in a room with 12 dudes, I think. It is it it was not as fun as it sounds. It was really smelly. Uh, but we're excited. We are going to Comic Palooza as a podcast internship. So we're gonna be there with you guys on the sales floor. We cannot wait. Um, with Classic Game Fest. This will be our first year with them um as Dogfin Studios and as Raging Nerds. So it's really exciting we don't really know what to expect but i've pretty much love classic games so i'm all in for it um but enough about that let's lead into our first segment
1: and now we go around the net
0: So, some really cool things that I found on the net. Um, I've heard about this subscription box before. Uh, I actually thought about ordering it. It's called the Classic Video Game Subscription Box. That's our headline. Um, It's easy to order. You select kind of games you like, always on time, we ship on or before the 22nd of every month, fits any budget, start or build your retro collection on a budget, no duplicates. I like that they have no duplicates. Uh, Mm. You submit your current collection and it pretty much helps you fill the gap. Apps. Um, so these are just some things that are off of their webpage, just to inform you guys. Um, they have things called A Box of Shame. You know those video games that no one ever wants? You know, you go in a retro game store, and they have those, like, five-cent games of, like, Madden and sports stuff. You know, those trash, you know, little cartridges? exist. <laughs> I,
1: I use those for spacers in my collection.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I buy those games when I need a knife nicer-looking shell. Sometimes I get those, like, people write their name on cartridges for some reason, guys. Why? That's horrible. I didn't even do that as a kid. And if they write it on the back, I just go into a game store and I'm like, switch me out for a new back. I don't like this crap on my stuff. But there exist in the retro world games so bad, no human being should ever have to play them. People have different tastes in games, but one thing is for certain, everyone hates these titles. (laughs) These games make... It into the box of shame and will never be put into anyone's retro game treasure chest. Superman 64. Oh, God. <laughs> Shaq Sha- Sha- Fu. All consoles. <laughs> Madden. All consoles. And all years. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, GBA. Dogs. I remember dogs. GBA, I-, I think
1: I have one of those. <laughs> oh, and
0: cats. And cats, GBA. All Dora and Barbie games. (laughs) Imagine series for DS and more you'll never see from us. This list is ever growing. If you think of a game that should be listed in the Box of Shame, you can tell them too, which is really, really cool. So for subscriptions, I was pressing them out and everything. One month is $34.99. Three month is $98.97. Six month is $191.94. And 12 months is $359.88. Now these boxes they come once a month again if you order up for that subscription and it comes between three to five different video games um i've looked at a couple of these unboxing videos and these video games are actually pretty decent quality i mean you think that you're gonna get some worn labels some scratched up cases pretty much everything that i've seen in these videos they're pristine
1: now the question is are these actual authentic games or reproduction carts
0: and see, that's another thing. I don't think they're reproductions, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, would you really be for thirty five bucks a month? Like, you happen to get Chrono Trigger for Super mm-hmm. N- for Super Nintendo? Like, uh, it might be a reproduction.
0: I mean, everything on the website makes me believe that it's all true because they're saying we want this to be added to your collection. I believe these are all legit. Everything looked legit. All the stuff that I saw, I didn't see any plastic screws, anything like that. There were some games with slight wear and tear, which makes me believe, yes, they're authentic, uh, but some were almost pristine.
1: So it sounds like they raided uh, a lot of Goodwills and Salvation Armies. And
0: (laughs) And that's true. I mean, whenever you go... You know, flea markets, Traders Village, anything like that. You see video games that usually sell for at least ten to fifteen, twenty dollars more, and they sell them at a flea market because either one, there's names written on them, or two, they're you know a little worn compared to. Of course, to other there's places.
1: always that flea market off Chimney Rock. A lot of them, if you're, if there's a couple of them back there that don't know what they got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story. So I'm a part of a bunch of Retro Gaming Society, you know, Facebook pages. And I love it when they post mystery cartridges that's what they call them and you go into these flea markets and it's like five dollars they don't know what's going on like sometimes they have a name written where the sticker was and this dude bought it and it said contra and he says man should i buy it should i believe that it's contra he put it in it was contra five dollars for a contra man i was like that's oh just go on ebay
1: just get a new sticker for it and you're set
0: that's why when people, you know, go on Etsy, go on eBay and, and get a replacement label, um, some people don't really like them because they think it's going to devalue the price or the quality of their original game piece. But if it really means to you and it's your personal collection, it doesn't devalue it that much, honestly, as long as you get an actual authentic replacement label. Um, but from that, we lead into our next little subcategory. Um, I found a article online which is actually pretty nifty uh, a gamer leaves his super nintendo powered on for 20 years to keep his game save alive <laughs> and that was i mean I, I was i was like why would someone leave that on for 20 years so i would do that we had a <laughs> yeah. john yeah uh so we had a super Falcom, right? super family, famicom super famicom I always say falcom I don't know why famicom uh, so he has a super famicom um which is obviously overseas and he had a video game which the battery died in the game case so you know when that happens you have to leave the system on otherwise the whole game deletes itself um I mean now nowadays you have replacement batteries and stuff like that but Anyway, so he left it on for 20 whole years, except for one time when he was moving his stuff. Hey, that says
1: a lot of stuff right there about the Super (laughs) Famicom and the resilience of old technology.
0: Yes. He said that it's logged easily over 180,000 hours. Wow. Wow. And it still works. My Super Nintendo I've had since I was seven years old, man, and it's it still works. It works like a champ. I've dropped it sometimes; it won't work on, and I just hit it around a little bit more, and then I just plug it back in, and it works.
1: Oh my god, you dropped your Super Nintendo? Why?
0: It wasn't on purpose. Okay, first of all, when you live with like four siblings, okay, and parents are walking around. (laughs) No, I'm like. So, the one thing about old retro gaming systems, which we do not miss, is the cords. All of those cords. So, you would have to pull out the system so you could reach your controllers because you couldn't leave mm-hmm. the system in the entertainment system because then you'd have to sit on the floor. But then your backs and butt hurts. So, no, you have to pull out the system and then plug in the controllers. That way, you can sit comfortably on the couches.
1: Didn't you ever have beanbag chairs? Oh, wait, that's my generation.
0: Yeah, no. We're. <laughs> we're- we were poor, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you had the cash. Beanbag chairs are cheap at. as hell. No, they're not. Like, if you look at beanbags now, they're like at least $40.
1: Yeah, I have them when they're unpopular, so they're like $10.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's inflation. $10 back then is $100 now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm an old man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it for Around the neck, guys. Uh, but now we are going to lead into questions. It's a time for questions. For our first questions, we have the Dreamcast would have taken off if there was a second thumbstick. More of a comment, but I can definitely see where that's coming from. I never owned a Dreamcast. Um, We were a Nintendo and PlayStation family growing up. John owned, he owned a Dreamcast. I could see that happening. Uh, I'm
1: a Sega guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sega makes great games. I don't know if they make great (laughs) systems. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, 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 that uh, that leads on to further on when we get down to the questions, but yeah, but yeah, with the Dreamcast, it came out like right before the PlayStation One because they were trying yeah. to launch it into the into the market as fast as they could, and the thing was mm-hmm. actually a real ahead of its time because that one had it
0: was too ahead of its time. That's what the problem well, yeah.
1: was. Well, yeah, but the operating system they had for it, ironically, an operating system was Windows Compact Edition, mm-hmm. and it had a built-in modem. Yep. You can go on – Have a little disc. You can go online. You can go online with web TV. It was it was awesome. It was the a thing great – The thing was crazy. Meeting. I
0: mean, you know, you talk about it now, and people were saying it was ahead of its time. But the thing was, it was too much ahead of its time. You know, you got to kind of scope out everything. You got to see what's going on. No one else did that for years.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. It's just – but yeah there was a whole bunch of games there on that that was great for multiplayer
0: so tell me so tell me what was up with the Dreamcast controller why did it look so weird and that's the thing that always threw me off about it because I didn't even <laughs> want to pick up the controller as a child because it looked intimidating well
1: yeah because it was the first ones that they you know they threw the thumbstick in that into it trying to be like the yeah, believe the n64 was a, out and around the same time as well yeah. mm-hmm. But with that one, okay, one of the games that came with it was Sonic Adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, you're trying to control where the character goes, and then the, you got to stop hit a button and kind of. It, it was really screwy. Controller was designed, was you can have a separate rumble pack for it along with a memory card. And then the memory cards were interchangeable where they can take two of them, plug them together, and kind of share your save files between the two. Is
0: that what it was? I always wondered what that thing was. Okay. See, that makes more sense. But so why didn't they just have that on the console instead of the controller?
1: Well, they wanted people like actually interact with each other. So like, You got you do that on the console? Uh, not really. You're going to have four ports on it. But okay. if your friend has the same game also, and like, what? hey, they just got this game. Hey, let me get your save files over. And even the little memory cards themselves were like little Game Boys. Interesting. Yeah, so like, like certain games, say certain games that you have, had little mini games that were on the memory card itself. Huh. Oh, yeah, it was a whole bunch of those little things. Um, but it no was thing just it. simply
0: ahead of its time. And, it, oh, and, it, yeah. and it, it sank, really, because of Nintendo. Nintendo kept it classic, honestly. Nintendo, I mean, they had the Super Nintendo out for how many years before they made a new system? And it's because no one could trump it. No one could do better than Nintendo. I mean, that's why whenever you have the Super Nintendo and the regular, I mean, there's so many games. So many games. And that's why it's one of the most collectible consoles, retro consoles.
1: Oh yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those wonderful things with with that uh of the Dreamcast, which I have one. It's nice. I you like it. You still have it? I still have it.
0: Okay, so what games do you have that are the best?
1: Uh legit or bootleg?
0: Uh well, I mean, a game's a game, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um oh god, yeah, I remember all this thing cuz the best ones I've always I played was Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2. Mhm. Um, then there was Marvel versus Capcom and then Marvel versus SNK. Like a couple of okay. basic fighting games where you, it, was, it was actually very graphically intense. So they were perfect for the time and mm-hmm. still are. Mm-hmm. Plus, one of the fun things because with that system, there was no, uh, copyright on, on any of the stuff where you couldn't bootleg them. The only thing they could do only thing they did to try to circumvent it was overburn the disc. Well you got a computer with a CD burner, you can figure out how I b I figure that one out. (laughs) (laughs) But I still say they put a second thumbstick that would have kept that thing going for a lot longer. Instead they kept with the one and unfortunately Sega PlayStation was coming out and that kinda took its
0: thunder. I agree. Uh, But for the next question, you'll know more about this. Uh, (laughs) The the 3DO and the blunder of that.
1: (laughs) Oh, the 3DO, that wonderful, horrible system.
0: I was reading some articles about it. I've never even heard of the 3DO, but the 3DO came out like, it was in the 70s, 80s?
1: No, no. It came out in 1993. What? Yeah. And they stopped production in 1996. It was done by Panasonic. Oh, wow. and they tried to like they secured rights for games on from a whole bunch of different uh game developers, but Panasonic held the rights to just the hardware, and then everyone else had to make the games for it, so no one saw the money coming from from the console, so they started the console about five hundred dollars,
0: oh my gosh,
1: yeah at the time. It was really. It was pretty good for its okay, time. For
0: five hundred dollars back then, that equals what, like eight hundred dollars now. Yeah, pretty much. That is crazy.
1: Oh, I know. It's one of those weird things. And then the so the developers weren't getting any money from the consoles, mm-hmm. so the games started coming out even even higher. they were like anywhere from sixty to seventy dollars wow. on like the games that were, were coming out for like Nintendo and. Sega and all them were about forty to fifty. Right. So.
0: so what were the graphics on these things? Were these good? Have you ever seen them in working progress or
1: um unfortunately no. Because mm-hmm. I never I didn't have one as a kid, no one on my block had them when I was a
0: kid. <laughs> for eight for like six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the- no, I've I've read articles about it saying like how much of a fail it was. It's like a huge fail.
1: Oh, yeah, and there were massive production delays for games. One of them was actually whenever Madden Football, there was a long, there was like repeated delays on the release of the system. And unfortunately, they're trying to make it for that. But they're also making Madden for the PlayStation. So everyone kind of just went for the PlayStation, which was a cheaper, console, cheaper price console. Right. And the games were, when they said it was going to be out, it was going to be out.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's crazy. Uh, But let's go to the next question. The rise and fall of Sega. Because Sega of America and Sega of Japan couldn't agree on anything.
1: (laughs) No, they couldn't. That's
0: the one thing I hate. Like, Squaresoft. I love Squaresoft. I miss Squaresoft. Now I have Square Enix. Like, Squaresoft did amazing over here in the States, but over in Japan, they weren't making anything. And Enix, Enix has, you know, Dragon Quest, like, all of those, like, really top-selling games. And Squaresoft wasn't making it, so they had to merge. I I don't know. Enix, Enix is really good. They make a lot of sequels. And the one thing that I hated that they did is they took Final Fantasy and started making sequels of Final Fantasy? Aww. I hated it. The whole point of Final Fantasy was to not have sequels. You had common themes, you had common characters. You had the Highwind, you had Sid, you know, Biggs and Wedge, you know, you had GFs or you know the monsters, summoners, summons. Like y- you had a common theme, and that's all you needed. And they went and they're making all these sequels and all these battle games. I mean, some of the battle games are actually really cool. Uh, <laughs> they're I mean, just
1: they're just was pretty good
0: yeah don't get me wrong like dirty Cerberus stuff like that i mean some of these remakes are amazing crisis core loved it had it for my psp i mean it they made some good sequels but i don't know every time that i like like x2 man who needed final fantasy x2 not me what no why just from
1: because just i needed something for my collection that was all it was <laughs>
0: Yeah, no my my brother's the same way. Like no matter what, he always buys he he buys every single Final Fantasy. I mean, okay, but I, still. I got,
1: I got I managed to score Final Fantasy 3, which is Final Fantasy 6 in Japan, on yeah. actual Super Nintendo cartridge.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, my brother has all of them. Um he's he's a super like super big collector. Um I'm I'm not as big as he is. I mostly collect just Super Nintendo video games. I stopped buying Final Fantasy games after X2. I really cannot get over the fact that they started making sequels. Uh, he bought me Crisis Core, um, pretty much any Final Fantasy games that I got after that. After X2, he bought me. He finally talked me into getting Final Fantasy 15, which I love. I love Final Fantasy 15. Um, I love the directors on it. I love it. It's reminiscent of the original Final Fantasies. And that's what I loved about it. It was true. It had a great storyline. I just wish that they make all of them like that.
1: Back to the wonderful thing of the rise and fall of Sega, though. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually kind of interesting because he had the Sega Master System, which did really well in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) then you had the genesis and the genesis 2 right i have have both of those but what came down to like the blunder between them was sega of america and sega japan could not come to an agreement on okay we're going to release this console this year we're going to do this this year they kept like no and japan kept going no we're going to do this screw you because you're american and that is essentially what happened
0: right I mean, the same thing, same thing happened with the PSP. Like, they're still making games over there for the PSP. I love my PSP. I don't like a PS Vita. I don't like how it's set up. I wish that they came out with more American games. And they kept pushing back the date of the release for the PSP. And it's the same thing.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, with the blunder of them not understanding, like, we need to release all these consoles, this time be collective about it so that we, when something comes out over here in Japan... Couple months later, okay, we'll hit the US shores. Normal. Mm-hmm. That's what Nintendo has done. That's what Sony was starting to do. But they rushed, Sega Japan rushed the Sega Saturn out there to get to the market before the PlayStation did.
0: The PlayStation totally wrecked them. And, you know, you worry about stuff coming out. You worry about not getting to the market first. Sometimes you got to wait, man. Sometimes you really have to. And they learned learned it, though. I mean, but they have really great games now.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well, they started out as a game developer first. Then they got into the console wars. Mm -hmm. And then now they, after the Dreamcast and all of that, they gave up and just went back to software development. But that was actually one of the little things here where um, I was looking through all the stuff on the blunders and all that, which one of these guys that's on this blog here I found. It's like, I've been working with Sega of America. The pros of it: big brand name, iconic IP, nice office. The cons: business down 6% since 2007. <laughs> Americans treated as third class, Europeans treated as second class. Politics rewarded over merit. Mm -hmm. Top execs in Europe and Japan keep getting promoted While Americans get fired and treated badly So essentially The wrong people are getting promoted
0: yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, though. It's not doing well in America. Um, I'm going to skip around these questions, though, because I think that leads right into um, a question that was sent in. How do you feel about Atari re-entering the console gaming world after such a long hiatus? I freaking love it. When I saw it on E3 that they're re-entering the gaming world, I was excited. Freaking Atari looks amazing. I'm going to buy an Atari. I don't even care if they come out with a game a year later. I'm buying an Atari. <laughs> it oh, looks yeah. awesome.
1: Oh, but Atari, that thing, that was such a wonderful thing, especially with the video game crash.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it was
1: like 1983,
0: Mm -hmm. I think it was.
1: And they went under, and then they kind of fumbled for a little bit, and then they got bought again. So that was kind of interesting itself along the way.
0: Atari, they started pricing their stuff way too expensive. It it was starting, you know, these are bought by families the working class people who buy their kids' presents. And Atari just started getting too expensive, they weren't making top tier games, and that's what, you know, killed them. But I'm excited, I'm really excited. The The best early games that you can th- think of are Atari-made you know, like classic Atari, those were the games. So I can't wait to hear about their developing teams, if they're, you know, going to start making their own games, if it's just going to be, you know, they're going to buy other people's games, what are the graphics? I mean, I'm excited.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully they all actually start, like, you know, coming up and actually being one of the, like, juggernauts of, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. That
0: would be awesome. That would be so awesome if there was like a huge comeback for Atari. I would be excited.
1: Oh, that would be awesome right there. It's like all of us of my generation going,
0: <laughs> 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 We're not outdated, guys. <laughs> uh, but what was your fir- first console, John?
1: Oh, owning or playing? Owning. That would be the original Nintendo, which I still have. From 1986.
0: That's awesome. Mine is a Super Nintendo. I bought this. I bought it on my seventh birthday. I bought a Super Nintendo Mini. Those little teeny tiny ones.
1: Oh, God. I could have just built you one.
0: What? It was when (laughs) I (laughs) was seven. It came with Aladdin and it came with Super Mario All-Stars.
1: Oh, you had the uh the remodel of it.
0: Yes, the mini one. Oh
1: okay, okay.
0: Yes. And Let's... it was awesome. Um I remember back in the day when Game Crazy and GameStop they had Super Nintendo games still in their stores. Oh, yeah. And I would go in there and I would rent, you know, Super Mario, Super Mario World. I would rent um Mario Legend of the Seven Stars. Um, whenever they started closing down stores, I remember I bought Super Mario World and Legend of the Seven Stars from a game store. Um, but those were the days, man, going in there, renting cartridges, you know, it was awesome.
1: Oh, I remember that too, Becca, uh, during the day of Land, before GameStop bought them out. going in there, yeah, every game there, you can just play them, they didn't care. <laughs> Where they had a little newspaper, you open it up, and like, okay, you go through the games you won. Do you have this one? No. Do you have this one? No. Do you have this one? No. Do you have this one? Yes, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My brother worked for Game Crazy.
1: Oh, that little fun one. Those were attached to- Blockbuster. Hollywood. No, Hollywood no, Hollywood Video. No, Hollywood Video.
0: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah, he worked at that. He worked at that for a couple years. That's how he bought his Final Fantasy collection, uh, because back in the day, people- stores like that would not buy retro games they would buy only current and a guy came in one day and he asked him to buy the stuff and they wouldn't they weren't able to because it was retro and my brother went out there and he's like hey man what do you want (laughs) (laughs) what do do you want to sell these for (laughs) so he bought like a huge tub of retro games from this dude
1: oh yeah but now you got all the retro game companies are coming up because well no one likes GameStop (laughs) at
0: all i love gamestop look i mean do i love the company no, no. not really <laughs> uh do i like it now more that ThinkGeek has bought them out a little bit yes because i can go into gamestop and i can buy think geek stuff from them and sometimes they put it on clearance or buy one give them 50 percent off
1: Okay, it's that makes awesome. sense. i, I just, get five
0: dollar coupons okay so
1: <laughs> i just go to the think geek store by my house so there you go see,
0: I love GameStop, okay? I at least go there once a month. Um, I'm an elite member. It's like the top tier member. Uh, you do have to pay to become a member, but you do get a subscription. You do get extra coupons. You get extra discounts. You get a better trade in value for your games. Uh, for my birthday, I bought a Chom Chop lamp. I got 20% off that. And then I got a $5 coupon. It ended up, it ended up costing me only like 20 something dollars. And it's amazing. But I remember one time they were doing this buy one, go and free deal and they had these Kuhn and Friends South Park <laughs> figures where they had, they had like, um they had PC principal in the classroom and then they had the Coon layer where it was like the whole, the whole it was awesome and we, it was buy one, go and free and these things are $60 and if you go on Amazon, they're still $60, $40 and we were getting buy one, get one free and it was awesome. Like some of the employees were like, oh, we don't even know that deal was going on and it's really cool. I, I love I'm, GameStop.
1: I'm, I'm just not a big fan of them. Because she can bring like a whole tub full of games <laughs> I go
0: there mostly current, for the merchandise And you go like,
1: here, I spent like $800 On these things, what will you give me? Uh, we'll give you five bucks
0: <laughs> It's true, I go there for the gamer merchandise I'll
1: go there if like, you was know, a new game that Coming out that I want to get, so I'll put it on pre-order But now Amazon's got them on pre-order And I get 5% mm-hmm. off Because I'm a Prime member, so it's like eh, I'm going to go with Amazon now
0: <laughs> uh, I go to this one GameStop all the time and the people know that, know me there. And, uh, it was during the Black Friday special and they had, it was a, it was a new video game. I forgot what it's called, but they had the second version of it out and it was only $25. So I went up there, I'm like, sure, you know, why not? Um, I think it was like the Evil Within. And I saw that they also had the first game there. And so I took it up there and I'm like, hey man, you know, can we do on do a deal or something? Oh, he damn. gave me the first copy of the video game for like only five dollars. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, these guys are really awesome. You know, these people, you just you know sit there and talk to them and you know, they it's give you really good discounts. They're like pretty too. friendly. Yeah, what?
1: Because you're so cute.
0: That's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> I mean <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> was there was there ever a console you wanted? But never got.
1: Ooh, that is a good question.
0: Um, I I don't think so. With me personally, my brother he always bought consoles, and so we would just play with his stuff. Uh, My brother actually gave me my my first PS One, and it was the mini one. I don't know what it was, but I had these things for like mini games, (laughs) and so um, it was like you know the PS One travel one, the little small one. And I still have it. Oh, yeah. And I got that one. He gave it to me. Um, yeah, anytime we always played with his stuff. And so all the new consoles that came out, we always had them. Plus, he were to GameStop. So. <laughs> There was, there was never a need. My parents really didn't buy us any gaming consoles. I don't think they ever bought us a gaming console now that I think about it. My brother bought his first go- um, console um, from a garage sale. He fixed it up by himself, got it working again. Um, I bought mine for my birthday. Yeah, my parents never bought me a console.
1: Yeah, that one, uh, I had the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Genesis 2... Sega CD, 32X, Super Nintendo, pretty much almost anything, like, because, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now, so I can just buy whatever the hell I want.
0: <laughs> and people, you know, people talk to me, I, I say, I have a Super Nintendo, I have a little collection going on, and they're like, oh, so you have a Nintendo 64? No.
1: I got one Why? of Why?
0: You know, but they're like, what do you have in n 64? See, with me, we were a Nintendo family. And then when the Nintendo 64 came out, PlayStation came out. And so that's when we made the switch. My brother got an N64 from my grandmother one year. I remember that. He got an N64 for Christmas. We went to Walmart, exchanged it for a PlayStation.
1: Oh, damn.
0: (laughs) He's like, no, this game's shit. (laughs) He was like, this console is shit. It's PlayStation. But... I mean, it's kind of true because Nintendo still to this day is what? Kid friendly.
1: Always right? is. Always will and be. And so
0: PlayStation came out and it was targeted towards what? Preteen boys. Like, you know, there's the hardcore stuff, you know, Tony Hawk, you know, shooting. I mean, it was everything so definitely from then on we switched to PlayStation and then from PlayStation we went to Microsoft I love Xbox I mean they have really good games on there the graphics are good, people say it's shit it's whatever Um, I will always be a Nintendo fan I love Nintendo with a passion if anyone knows me they know I love Nintendo with a passion Nintendo could sell a box and I would buy it, which they are selling boxes now for the Nintendo Switch (laughs) Yeah, have you seen those where it's like yes. you put in your switch? Oh, that's crazy! It's seventy dollars. You know that, right? Yeah, you're selling cardboard for seventy dollars. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It is amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, I see those all the time at Walmart. But yeah, with me, it's just yeah. I just don't like Microsoft just because I'm i I'm a Linux guy. So
0: Linux that's, TV.
1: Mm, TV. I, I, I like open source. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! So for a last question, it's kind of like a uh, triple triple uh favorite 8-bit game least favorite why on both uh you can take the head on this one
1: okay favorite well it's more favorite games
0: yeah it's a favorite 8-bit game sir
1: i know metroid okay and of course the legend of zelda
0: yes So I kind of went out in the left field with this one. I didn't choose anything super popular or super, like, of course you're going to choose that. I chose Star Tropics. It's a really fun Ooh. game. Uh this is for the original Nintendo NES system. Uh it is really weird. <laughs> I did not own an NES until my birthday in March. Uh I always played off the Super Nintendo and I played the remastered games from the NES on the Super Nintendo. So everything was better controls, better dialogue, better everything. Uh so when I got a Nintendo, it was it was weird. And Star Tropics was the best of all the games that I got. Uh, I got Castlevania um, Nark, a couple other video games. NARC is actually pretty fun. Uh, but Star Tropics was a lot of fun. The dialogue was good for what it, for what it was back in the day. Uh, the little mini games, puzzlings. So it, it was it was really good. My least favorite eight bit game. I don't know if I have a least favorite. I don't think I can make a good say on that. What is your least favorite?
1: Skate or die.
0: Skate or die. I've heard that. I did not know it was an 8-bit game.
1: Yeah, so it was on the Nintendo. With that one, you got it's set up like a skate park.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you got four venues you got to go to, and you got to make sure you at least medal in each mm-hmm. one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you got one try to medal. And then it's like, okay, you can't go back to that one until you complete the others. Well, okay. if you spend too much time skating around... Mm-hmm. The little warning will start probably like "those are skate or die," and then oh my this, gosh, <laughs> yeah, and then these like killer bee things would come for you, and you had to try out outskate them and get into some on their venue fast, otherwise they get you and you die.
0: That sounds like hardcore.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it sucks because I just had the co- the co- the cartridge, but nothing else. So I was like I got to figure out the game mechanics, and then after a while, it's like. You know, rage through the controller.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know that they had a video game called Bible Adventures?
1: Yes. Yes, I I do.
0: <laughs> that looks peomp. That looks peomp.
1: Oh, yes. Go through and be Moses.
0: Bible Adventures, a game mixing all the fun of learning about God and the excitement of wandering around aimlessly. What is? No, <laughs> I don't like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, essentially they go through all of the biblical stories and make a game out of it.
0: That's pretty nifty. The, this actually looks pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> and I've actually seen that cartridge itself in pristine in pristine order uh-huh. sell at a retro game store for $300. No
0: fucking way. Yes. That is awesome. I've heard of this game, Super Pitfall. Was that a bad game? Uh, it was
1: kind of a remake on the original Pitfall that was for the Atari 2600. Right. But it, it just didn't have the same game mechanics. The controls are laggy. But, Grant, any time with, with the Super Nintendo, when the first started coming out, they started getting new, game, like, redoing old games and just putting the word super in front of it.
0: That is that is true. That is true. That's what happened a lot with all this stuff. There's super so- Star
1: Wars, Super
0: Star Wars, The Empire people Strikes start- Back. Well, they started putting "super" in front of everything because it was on the Super Nintendo. Uh, but that does it for questions. That was that was good. That was good, and that leads us right into how tech can help. How tech can help. How tech can help, tech can help. Tech can help. people. Pop up. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So for our first uh, topic, we have the Retron 5, where it's a five-in-one retro gaming console.
1: Oh, it was more than five. (laughs) <laughs> I have this one.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so Retron is a company where it's they make retro gaming consoles all in one kind of thing. so you can get you know the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, the Famicom, you can get all that in one system. Uh, it saves you money for retro collectors. I you know, I personally like to have the original system. Uh, the less work done, the more I like it. Uh, but it's but it's awesome. I have friends that own these things. They're better. They're cleaner. Um, there's no gunk left in them. You don't have to worry about where the system came from. See, I'm lucky enough that all my original Nintendos and all my original systems I personally bought when they came out. You know, uh, or yeah. I know the person personally. You know who gave me the system?
1: I love my consoles I bought secondhand, and it was just to play Zelda, like my <laughs> Super Nintendo, my N64.
0: the retron 5 is amazing uh the the more i think they have a retron 7 out now i mean Uh, i
1: don't know let me check i mean there's uh.
0: there's a lot of them you can fit um the gbas in them the game boys in them everything in them it's pretty it's pretty awesome but i think it's just all cartridges correct it's no cds
1: No no cds but yeah yeah with the retron 5 it plays famicom Nintendo, Super Famicom, uh, then it also does Sega Genesis. It can also do the master system if you got the power blo- power block for it.
0: That's awesome. It'll actually
1: mount onto the system, and then it'll also do Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. Yes. And, it has, and all around on the sides, it's got the two ports for Nintendo, mm-hmm. two ports on the front for Super, two ports on the other side for Sega Genesis.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's re- it's really awesome. Um, I definitely recommend it. I mean, personally, I would buy it if I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. If I didn't have a Game Boy, I would definitely recommend buying it because it's all in one. I mean, it, and it's only what? $140, $100, depending on where you go, where you buy it.
1: I got mine from Game Over Video Games over here.
0: Love them. Shout out to Game Over Video Games. I love those guys. Yeah, I got
1: mine over there. They didn't have the black one in stock when I got it, so I got the one in the original Nintendo colors.
0: Nice! Oh, that's awesome, man. Oh,
1: yeah. The thing is actually pretty cool with that thing, because you got the games there, but then you can, there is a program you can find online, so you can take an actual cartridge you have, which mm-hmm. one of the games I like playing is Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. I don't own Secret of Mana, because it's fucking expensive.
0: Okay, so I say Secret of Mana, because that's the right way to say it.
1: Well, either way, no. Secret of, Ma- of Mana. It's Mana. Either way, it's Mana. Mana. I play Magic Magic the Gathering here. <laughs> 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 but either way, I have Trey Quince Football. So I have a program because the game saves and everything, you put an SD card in the back of it. hmm So, okay, there's a little program I can find online. Where, okay, you have this game, so it takes the actual cartridge. You load the little hack into the SD card and stick it in the back of the Retron. Yeah. So now every time I put in my, t- my Troy Aikman football, it's secret of mana.
0: <laughs> yes, I love those things. Um, I love it when you can mod those cartridges like it. I kind of think that leads into our next topic, uh, the copyright protection stuff that I looked up.
1: Yeah, some of the stuff I didn't even know about.
0: Yeah, no, these are really cool. I was reading them and these are just like the little tidbits uh, that I thought they were really nifty. Uh, So Chrono Trigger actually has one. Um, It allows you to play until the first travel back in time. Then if it detects that you're playing a pirated copy, it sticks you into an internal loop in the warp sequence, you know, when you first get into it and you travel back in time. Uh, This is present in both the Super NES and Nintendo DS versions. Our next one, Donkey Kong, has this method where the game hangs when any barrel bursts if the end it's the intend the intend part of a Nintendo has been modified Donkey Kong Jr. also has a similar method if the Nintendo sprite on the title screen has been modified then the game will then glitch to being impossible to actually play since including many glitches that occur one of them is that Donkey Kong Jr. simply can't climb vines <laughs> I don't know were they. I guess they were having an issue with people trying to remove the Nintendo logo no, on these games.
1: No, it was more of that was their way to fight back against the Game Genie.
0: And and that was it too. I know that that was it too. But I mean, they. It was. It's interesting that they just tied it specifically to the logo.
1: Oh yeah, because that was one of the things. Whenever you put you, know, you do the different codes from the Game Genie on there, it would actually glitch the, the title screen.
0: Mm-hmm. so
1: that's probably why they did it on all those
0: got gotcha. you um what what the in the, mo- the <laughs> most crazy one that i read was about earthbound uh earthbound's amazing uh, i have not finished it yet because it is just so massive uh earthbound's a really good video game if you guys haven't played it um it's about 100 100 plus if you want to get it on the super nintendo but they do have a 10 dollar download on the wii u So that's what I got it on. Um, So Earthbound has a vast array of copy protection for its first layer. It can detect whether the game was running from a copied cartridge or being booted from a cartridge-copying device. If it doesn't check out, the game throws up an anti-piracy warning screen at the beginning and doesn't play any further. If the protection is cracked, it will detect the change, and the game spawns many more enemies than usual, some even in places they don't belong. If the player per- perseveres through this or cracks this second layer, an even nastier surprise awaits, the game will freeze and severely glitch after the first part of the final boss fight. And when you reset it, you'll lose all your game data. Everything that you saved, is deleted.
1: Damn.
0: I mean, that's hardcore. It's like, nah, bitch, you ain't doing this today. <laughs> It's like nah nah fam nah uh, and the last one The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks when you get on the train if you're playing a pirated copy the controls for it won't show up so you'll end up crashing into another train over and over again in the tutorial section this was later patched of course damn <laughs> I mean, I mean that's really awesome, and a lot of people said that these patches and these security um, measures took place after the game crash because I guess it was like a huge issue going on where people were bootlegging these uh, video games.
1: Oh well, yeah, I can see that, you know. But still, it's just like they really went to all out efforts, and I still say that they are still they were like tailoring all of these protections for the game genie and then there was the one that came after it i think it was the game shark and all that yeah damn a lot of these things i did not know
0: i know these are these are really cool reads so it's really awesome um but that is it and we're gonna lead into my favorite my favorite segment I love it. I will never get tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Pac-Man was actually one of the early games that had a majority majority of women players. Uh, In response, the sequel, Miss Pac-Man, was launched in 1981, which it featured a female protagonist. Um, They targeted female players uh, because actually back in the day, they didn't have at-home family consoles. And so you had to go to an arcade to play. And the designer of Pac-Man, he actually said that he wanted to target females because the he, the boys would go to the arcade and they'd be stinky and dirty. So he made Pac-Man to target females to brighten up the arcade scene. And I think that's so funny. I think I think th- I th- that really made me laugh that the creator was just so like, oh yeah, I wanted more females to play. Oh <laughs> well,
1: yeah, you know be around all the stinky hormonal boys. It- does get overpowering because <laughs> they don't they don't uh, shower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was even back in the seventies, which is crazy. Uh, there is there's a lot of issues within the gaming society. Um, you don't really hear about female gamers unless it's a purely female gaming contest, if you want to call it that, a gaming arena for females only. Uh, whenever guys and it's still a boys' club with the super competitive gaming arena. It's still a boys club with the gaming society to this day. Men are still making sexist remarks saying that no matter what, you cannot take the sexism out of, you know, these video game competitions. And then they say, oh, well, I didn't mean to say that. You didn't mean to say that. You know, women belong. And we don't need our own competition. We need to be intertwined with the main competition, you know, we can be greater than men. We're not just a, a lesser gaming minority. I mean, it's, it's really time for our culture to change. Uh, but I also looked up some support groups for women in the video game industry. We have WIGSIG, which is Women in Games Special Interest Group. We have Women in Games International. And we have WIGJ, which is Women in Games Jobs. So if you're ever in that area and you need some support, there are some support groups for that game industry. Hmm. Okay.
1: You dig up a lot more stuff than I have ever heard of or seen (laughs) of or anything like that. I'm just gonna blame it on my ignorance.
0: <laughs> I know, like when I mean, because I want this show to be good for you guys. I want you guys to be informed. I want to be informed. I really didn't know any of this, honestly, and so this is great to be educated and to educate you guys.
1: Oh yes, I am. There's a, like I said, I'm learning a whole bunch of new stuff, and this is just like mind blown. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know there were support groups for. Specifically, women in the video game industry. I just you knew support groups of people who just, like, got away from society and just went to <laughs> technology only, and then they're marrying avatars and stuff like that, and anime characters.
0: It's life. That's a life choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's thug life, sir. That's thug life. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Don't judge it, man. Don't. judge I'm not judging. I'm just, saying, judge, I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: That's the only. That's the only support groups I've heard of that's re- <laughs> remotely close to this. So. <laughs>
0: well, there you go. But uh, that oh, yeah. wraps it up for our second episode of Raging Nerds. Um, again, you can follow us on Facebook. We have our website up now. We have Instagram and we have Twitter, and it is all now at Raging Nerds Pod, all one word. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at ThirstyErica, E-R-I-C-A, the correct way to spell Erica. (laughs) And you can find John at...
1: Dogfin Studios.
0: Yes. We updated all of our information. Dogfin Studios is in order now. It is the umbrella in which we are under.
1: Oh, yes. And more updates from Dogfin Studios will be in the future. Yes. I'm just going to tease you all with it now.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) but that's it guys tune in next week bye
1: bye